Yo, this is Tribe. That's Bias. Now you already know. What's up? We're back again today. The Sports Back Bros Podcast is back on the set. Episode number 38. And as we would say, if you haven't watched the other 37 episodes, you were the ones who missed out on the conversation we're trying to have in sports. We try to get to it right away so you know what's going to happen. We just went through a big weekend of sports, so this is our Monday. We're going to get down to it. As I said, our tribe, he's biased. Bias, let him know what's up. What's up? Good to be back. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Uh, you know, we, we had the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, even though I don't care about it. Football's uh, about to be rolled out in, in full swing, so let's get to the show. Yep, you already know this is going to be the first full week of preseason football in the NFL. A lot of football heads are wary about that. They definitely want to see it. The Hall of Fame game, as you mentioned, was already played between the Jets and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns were the ones victorious at the end of the day, but you know why you watch preseason games if you're going to watch them at all. We'll get around to that, so let's get into some of the bigger topics that happened over the weekend or even before the weekend. And one of the biggest things, I think, throughout the weekend, and it's and it's strange because things that happen on Friday don't normally get spoken about on, on Monday. Because I think even in politics, they do the big thing on Friday. They hope that you forget so it's not a big yeah. issue on a Monday. But here, we're going to talk about Terrence Williams, the former NBA player, and Brett Favre. And I know that those two, there shouldn't be much of a correlation before the sentencing. But now that the sentences has happened with Terrence Williams getting 10 years in the slammer because of his insurance fraud with the NBA's health care and all of that stuff, well, people are looking at, what about Brett Favre? He was involved with something, too, with insurance and all of these other things. Uh, how do we bring, bring clarity to this argument? Well, at the moment, there are no charges uh, brought up against Brett Favre, to my knowledge. Um, I don't know if they even have a case. His name may have been involved, but was he actually doing anything illegal or was it done to him? You know, if there's no charges against him, then there's no correlation. If he didn't do anything illegal, there's zero correlation. I think there's outrage because people are saying Williams got this uh, like maximum sentence and Brett Favre isn't getting anything. Well, we don't know that for sure yet. So. We have to see how it plays out. But like I said, if there's no charges, he didn't do anything illegal, and things were done without his knowledge, well, then how can we hold him accountable? Exactly. But you already know how it works out. You know the tribal nature of social media in particular. And because there's social media and a lot of people have a chance to comment, you can get a nice sample size just as much as any statistician if they had to talk about politics. And in this case, I get to see a lot, and you probably get to see a lot of the same. When people talk about something like this, it's more about race than it should be about the issue. You see how it ends up? It's a tribal mindset. We see it in boxing. We see it in other sports. But this in particular, and in my opinion, and I think there may be something to it, they look at white guy didn't go to jail, black guy did go to jail, they're not even really caring about what happened to put them in either position in which they're in. Right. And something that I haven't seen notice, I just found out myself. There are other people's other people's other people involved with Williams who are who are yet to be sentenced. So he wasn't acting alone. Other former players were involved. So Daniel, go ahead. 
No, if you were to break it down and look at the case and what had happened, I mean, there's a lot of information out there on it. You don't have to be a lawyer and you don't have to be uh, anything in the law field to just read and kind of say for yourself, just have a little bit of common sense and no real bias about it. I mean, he went into it with 18 other people he recruited to help defraud the NBA. And that's one of the sticking points right there. Not only did he have other 18 others included in those 18 others were players, of course, that we know of. And then you're talking about medical professionals who even went as far as having invoices written up for this fraud. That means that this was organized. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want to look at organized crime, well, a crime was committed. That's a conspiracy. There was people put together you know, in an organization to make it happen, and, and this is how it came about. That's where the 10 years is coming from. I mean, if you want to get even more in-depth, he was getting a $300,000 kickback from all of these things that was happening. He <laughs> right. was enriching himself through this fraud. So when you add all of these elements, having 18 other people, players and medical professionals included, and there was wire fraud involved, I believe, from what I've seen, also, there was a threat to a witness from a text message. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, All of that. Brett Favre hasn't done any of that. <laughs> Even if Brett Favre is lying, is it 10 years worth? And I think in this case here with Terrence Williams, it could be even more because some of these things they've done with the wire fraud and the threats and continuously putting this group together and having this happen the way it has happened. Yo, you might be up for a Rico case, man. This is what they look at for mobsters. Some of these things they've done are fall under some of the issues that would put them under RICO law and we or the RICO statute. And because of that, hey, they could get 100 years like the mobsters, but 10 years, yeah, one-tenth of that, be happy with it. Yeah, and he's supposed to pay back like over $2 million and yeah. another 600000 And from from what I've seen, he doesn't have it. Um, I don't know how that gets... Uh, reconciled but yeah he won't be making any income for 10 years and the the, um the judge who sentenced him spoke specifically talking about how he fretted his money away from an nba career he pretty much has nothing left and that's why he did this i mean you blew your money whatever it is you had done when you were playing in the nba whether it was the nba minimum or whether (laughs) you were getting solid money you were getting more than almost everybody else in the country per average and you just blew it. So the next best thing for you to do wasn't going out and getting a job. It wasn't going out and using whatever degree you may or may not have had, but you built a lot of connections over these years being an NBA player. You would think that it would be something outside of fraud. You've chosen this fraudulent field, and you've chosen to bring all of these people into this fraudulent field, and here we are today. So, yeah, that's where 10 years come from, and it could have been more Leave Brett Favre alone until Brett Favre's situation comes back up. Because when it comes to, when it comes up, you're going to hear about how Brett Favre had a company that was funded by welfare, the state's welfare, because it was money from the federal government. He was supposed to speak and get paid for that, but he didn't show up. Worst case scenario, he was paid for work he didn't do. And is that 10 years worth of penalties he should have because of it? Because you're upset about one guy going and one guy not going? These aren't the same case. Exactly right, 100%. You know who's been quiet, or at least I haven't seen him comment? Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown has a lot to say about a lot of people. Why has he been quiet about this one? You know what? That's true. Kwame Brown, hey, he's been this red pill basketball 
conservative kind of guy. I mean, even moderate in a lot of cases that's spoken about everything under the sun. Nothing was beneath him. And now it seems like he's mysteriously quiet. I wonder, but ultimately I think he'll come up with something, but he doesn't typically try to, um, to come to the aid of basketball players or even athletes, unless there's legitimately a reason why. You know, from what I've understood about him, and I actually had a conversation with him before uh, about a year and a half ago, but it seems like he's he's more on the page of trying to just have his own thoughts and trying to get to the bottom of whatever he believes is there, whatever he believes the bottom conclusion should be. You know, I, I never really saw him siding with a player that he probably shouldn't have been siding with. He's usually in the right when he's siding with a particular player. But right now, yeah, his, his silence I, right now when he well, knows saying, he speaks up about things is pretty um I, I'm saying I'm surprised he, he doesn't have an opinion coming out. You know how he clowned John Moran and yeah. you know how he clowned other people. I, why doesn't he clown Williams? Well, right now, Williams is not a big name. He's only a big name back on the landscape because of what's going on Ah, right so now. he won't get enough clicks for it. You know what? He might not get enough clicks for it, but I think that <laughs> – the reason what we're speaking about right now is the reason why he may get clicks because based on what's happened this weekend, just going by social media, there's been a lot of people talking about this under what we've talked about. We've talked about that it's not necessarily the case. It's just the black guy went and the white guy did it. I still believe that's what it is. And we have these tribal mindsets, especially in today's age, who push these narratives of race and not substance. And this is we end up nowhere. So that's why I wanted to bring some clarity right now because you specifically look at what Brett Favre had done, not saying it's right, but you look at what Terrence Reams has done, which we know isn't right. He's been indicted and now charged. And we see now, at least with some clarity, why he got 10 years. And whenever Brett Favre's issue comes up, will he get 10 years? Will he get two years? Will he get any time? I don't think what he did was as egregious, even though it was a, it was egregious. There's levels to this, as we already know. We talk about it in boxing and other sports. There are levels. Well, there's this level where Brett Favre's on, and then there's this level where Terrence Williams is on. Well, let me just be clear. If Brett Favre was involved in defrauding the welfare system or the funds, whatever, throw the book at him. I mean, is he going to get 10 years? Is it worth 10 years? No, but he should yep. get whatever, oh, yeah. whatever is available to the judge to give him. Oh, absolutely. As long as they're following the letter of the law in their state or however way they can do it, because is it a state issue or is it a federal issue? Because welfare is a it's federal money, but the federal money was given to the state to do what they please with it. And they decided to put it in nonprofit organizations, from what I understand. And Brett Favre was part of the one, one of the organizations and one of the nonprofits. And he was looking to raise money, which had helped build a volleyball facility for Southern Mississippi, his alma mater. And he just didn't show up. That's not good, getting paid for something you definitely <laughs> didn't do. He's at least admitting to that. Now he's talking about, um, at least on paper, he admitted to, yeah, no, I didn't show up. Yeah, for his now, sake, I hope he, he doesn't do what Harbaugh did and lie and make it worse, you know. Because a lot, like we mentioned, the lie usually gets you in worse yep. trouble than the actual infraction or violation. And, and as far as he goes, you know, he's saying, well, I didn't know it was welfare money. Now, I don't know if you're going to be right or wrong about that. People who don't like him or don't like what's going on between he and Williams are going to look at him cockeyed. You know how it works. You know what I mean? T tribal types don't need logic. They just need feelings and they run with their feelings. So, you know, on the service, yeah, you could say he's lying. You know, he probably is. How do you not know where the money's coming from? Probably. 
there was a text message in which he asked, is anybody going to know where I got the money from or how much I got paid? You know, that's a text that he had sent. Now, his lawyer defends that by saying he only asked that because he doesn't want the public to know what he's getting paid. He doesn't want the public to know how he's making his money. And that's rightful. As an NFL player, we know everyone's salary. He's not an NFL player anymore. So why should we know what he's getting to continue to live? But as this comes out and you have your exploration during the, the process, we're going to find out these things if it gets that far. Yeah, it's just my first thought is bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And worst case scenario, if it's BS, well, is that 10 years of BS? <laughs> is it 10 years of BS? You know, lawyers going to say a lot of things in, in, in favor of his clients. So, yeah, I can't be mad at him. That's I, every I just, lawyer. He get fired I if he did. Right. I, I just think it's bullshit. Yeah, it probably is. But Terrence Williams got what he deserved, and it could have been a lot worse, possibly something having to do with the Rico statute, which was brought up in 1970. It hasn't been – it was been used basically to get – to go after uh, mafia guys, you know, um, organized crime. But, hey, under what we've talked about, hey, it was organized. It was crime. There was money involved. There was wire fraud. <laughs> a lot of things that fall under, you know, the, the title of a Rico statute. So, hey, be glad with your 10 years. And those tribal so, tribesmen out there, stop the nonsense. You'll we'll probably get off. You'll probably on. get off on parole after about a good four or five. He doesn't want to go at all. <laughs> well, yeah, I get that. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, hey, you committed a crime. Do the time. Come on, man. No big deal. No big deal because it wasn't a big deal when you were stealing money and defrauding the NBA. Come on, the NBA gave you an opportunity. That's, that's probably his biggest gripe. Like, I defrauded the NBA. Who cares? They they're billionaires. I've never been one of those types that think because someone's making so much money, it allows for anyone <laughs> to just take from them. I'm just saying, I'm trying I know, to I know get people his mindset. Yeah, I understand that. I understand how that mentality <clears throat> is. That's gutter mentality. People are saying, do, people. do it again. I wish more people would do it. Yeah, I mean, well, and this is part of one of the threads I was talking about when they were saying, you know, there were people in there saying, well, the government does it all the time. Insurance and banks do it all the time. Yeah, you know, the what about is that's what it is. What about them? What about them? No, the judge doesn't look at what about ism. They look at the law. You right now and people who are involved in the case, and this is how they came to their conclusion. So what about that? So we can move on for that. But I, just, moving you know, on, right? I thought it was something that we could just throw out there, and if anybody wants to comment on it, you can come and do just that. Because, hey, baseball is still going on. You know, <laughs> our boy Lewis Arising really getting it done this year, at least going for 400. Still has a very good bat average right now. But Tim Anderson, the big news in baseball, Jose Ramirez, Ouch. it wasn't pay-per-view. We got a chance to watch it over and over, man. A fight occurred. Tim Anderson <clears throat> went down. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. What are your yeah, thoughts? that one hurt, man. That one the hurt. The White fan, what are your thoughts? That one hurt. You can see my hat. You see the, the socks in the back behind me. Yeah. I've said it before. I'm a White Sox fan. That one hurt. Um. I'll have more to say later when I'm biased as Hitler's, but that one hurt. I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, no. And then he's just been getting clowned. But the most disappointing thing is a lot of White Sox fans um, on Facebook, different pages that I follow, mm -hmm. um, they're ridiculous. You would think they're, they're Cubs fans or Indians fans, Guardians fans, my bad. Um, or Jose Ramirez, T-I-C-K writers. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're just so happy that, that it happened. 
and the statements are even ridiculous saying he got slept or he got knocked out when you put your hands down to break your fall and then you get up you are not knocked out that's not a knockout dumbasses well you know how people are i mean now his own teammates now his own fans I don't know, but as a Yankee fan, of course, you know he said some things about the Yankees in the past, so I was more than happy. Oh, you you know Donaldson's a jerk. <laughs> of course, but hey, he was on our team at the time. But he's uh, your he was, jerk. He was your jerk. He's our jerk, exactly. Let's just keep this in house. And, and that's my thing about White Sox fans. He's our shortstop. Yeah. Whether you're disappointed that he's having a poor season, the off season, whatever, that doesn't mean you should get enjoyment out of him getting decked. Come exactly. on, man. You know, that's our like, shortstop. Hey, it's like Domingo Herman last week. You know, as much as I hadn't liked him outside of the perfect game this past season, throughout the past several years he's been with the Yankees, I've always been on he's always been on my S list, if you want to call it that. But when he had his alcohol problem, it's back to this business as being, yo, you know what? Maybe this is the impetus for the reasons he's been acting the way he has been acting off of the field with his ex-girlfriend and subsequent people. You know what I mean? You want the best for someone going through like that. You know, if he's part of your team or even somewhere else, but even, you know, more, more when they're with your team. So I understand how, yeah, White Sox fans should have stuck with their guy regardless. You know what I mean? You keep it in-house or inside the stadium or fans. Just keep the fandom in the stadium and the, the players. Keep that all in mind. I mean, I even read one comment saying that T.A. deserved it because he started it. How did he start it? I, the man still. I can't really tell you how he started it. I mean, I'll talk about that on my hit list later, but it was definitely started by by Ramirez. Yeah, make sure you all stay tuned to Bias's hit list. You know, this guy comes up with some of the best rants at the end of the show. (laughs) So I'm like, why not just get your rant together? Let's package that thing. And then all of you who want to get to the end of the show can rush to the line and check out what his rant is for the day, maybe even more than a day. But I'm sure we already know what that rant is going to be when we get to it a little bit later. But yes. That was big news, and uh, we could actually move on from that because they're going to get to hear enough from you after all when this is said and done by the end of the show. And we're going to make a short out of this, and you all going to hear that. some point. I got a couple people on my hit list today. So, you know what? Exactly. So he's going to do one of those St. Valentine's Day massacre deals. You're going to shoot everybody. <laughs> Everybody's getting caught on this one. So, yeah, baseball still going, still hitting. We saw the story. That seems to be the big story in baseball right now. And so, hey, move on. And what do we move on to from there? Well, we go from one KO to possibly another KO. Clarissa Shields, the women's champ, the quote, the greatest woman of all time in her opinion. She's calling out men. This feminist movement is becoming more and more dangerous the more it goes on. <laughs> Clarissa Shields is calling out Keith one-time Thurman at 154 pounds. And not only that, she's even calling out Jake Paul. I don't see a win coming from either one if she gets in the ring with them and they're serious about getting her out of there. Yeah, she needs to stay away from Jake Paul just because he he's a much bigger person. You know, he, he's a big guy. Thurman, it, will she make him weigh 147 if they fought? You know, not, not so big guy, but better boxer overall. You know, better technique, better skills, better IQ than, than Paul, but won't hit as hard. But, you know, he may not have to hit as hard. Exactly. Man. Um, see, I don't know. Women, 
I mentioned feminism, and I kind of did a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but that seems like that's exactly what's going on right now, this equal opportunity, equal everything. Yeah, there are things that are equal, things that probably aren't equal, but they aren't the things that you're pointing to when you talk about men and women in a professional setting. Even if you don't take Jake Paul serious, the guy's been training now for boxing for a few years now, and he knows how to throw a punch, and all it takes is one punch. I mean... Look at Lucia Riker when she had fought years ago, a couple of years ago. You know, at one point, and I still believe, pound for pound, she's the greatest female fighter to ever have lived. She fought in Thailand against a Thai fighter, and she was knocked out of two rounds. Two rounds. That's it. A nondescript Thai fighter punched her. He didn't kick her. He punched her and knocked her out. And we're talking about someone who knows how to take a punch, someone who knows what to do when they're punched, but she didn't have any say in the matter when she was punched by a man. There's a reason why they have women and men in different sports. Women and men, when it comes down to physical ability and boxing in particular or even combat sports, you know, it's a freak show when they do something different. And this would be nothing less than a freak show as well. You know, a bunch of uh, wife beaters and whatnot would come up and probably be the ones buying the pay-per-views. But then the reason why you have a WNBA and an NBA, the reason why there's women's tennis and men's tennis, those reasons are glaring. So why is this even an issue? Is she doing this for attention? Something's telling me that she's not. She's really believing what she's saying. Maybe it's a lack of competition. Who is out there for her to fight? Someone that's going to challenge her. So maybe she's looking for a challenge. Um, That's that's all I can think of. But I, I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, they would have to let her wear headgear. Um, Thurman or whoever would have to wear pillow for pillows for gloves. I mean, come on. Well, Keith Thurman said we can do this for charity. Now, she wants something a little bit more serious than that. In fact, she wants something a lot more serious because she wants to be taken even more serious. She's acting like she's on the same level as these people, and whoever's telling her something in the dark or in the sparring session that she can compete with these guys in a real boxing setting, I mean, they're wrong for doing it. They're walking her to the gallows because that's exactly what would happen with either guy. She's thinking that she can outbox Keith Thurman. It's not going to happen. Are you going to have three-minute rounds like men have or two-minute rounds like she's used to? She wants to. She's advocated for three-minute rounds in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if this thing did come to fruition. Would it be three-minute rounds? On the other hand, Keith Thurman has nothing to win. He has everything to lose. <laughs> everything to lose. I mean, you can't get outboxed true, because even if true. you don't get knocked out, you're embarrassed. And then if you take it easy on her, people are going to know it. That's embarrassing. And then they say, why did you sign the contract to begin with? It's all embarrassing. It's a circus. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why she's picking uh, Keith Thurman, you know, a former world champion. Yeah, right. You know, fight somebody who's, who's, you know, two and five or something or five and 15. Uh, I don't know. Start start slowly. You know, most times when, when boxers move up and wait, a lot of times they don't go right after the champ. I'm no. like your boy anyway. You know, they, they test the waters. So if she really wants to fight a man, test the waters before you, you step up. But no, I don't no. want to see it. I, I don't know why I'm giving her advice. You I know what? Scratch I that. Want... Scratch that. Scratch that. Man, I don't want a woman fighting a man at all in boxing. <laughs> but I want her to fight a man. <laughs> yeah, I want her to fight a man. I want to see it happen. You know, I want to see how that goes down. She's not exactly on my favorite person's list. But hey, but I know seriously, I don't want to see that fight. But if it does happen, it'll be too intriguing not to pay for it because it would be a pay-per-view event, and I will be oh, contributing will to 
Ringling Brothers in that case. But, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen. She calls out Keith Thurman. You know what? If she got a 5-0 and fighter, I still think we'll get the same result. A 5-0 and fighter. This is the difference between men and women, man. You know, there might be a woman out there. Can you beat her? Can you? You know, the usual nonsense. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm years removed from being in any type of a ring and whatnot, even just practicing. But nevertheless, we're talking about her being a professional on the highest levels, calling out other fire, fighters who aren't even champs right now on a level, not even a higher level. Well, Keith, in Keith Thurman's case, a higher level every two years that he fights. But in Jake Paul's case, on any level. And I still think she loses to him. She's not outboxing him either because in an eight or ten round fight, she's going to get hit eventually. And she will get buzzed eventually and early when he's still strong. And what's going to happen then? I mean, I mean, you know, that's yeah, I, I, You know, the Jake Paul fights, there's a chance he, he might take that fight. I mean, his I'm fights are ready to circus. Why not? Exactly. All out. Most of his fights are circus surrounded by circus elements and you know he's picking mma guys who are too old or guys he just thought he could beat he lost with huey fury fury but this time i mean i mean what's you know what he might just tell his girl to fight her like you know what isn't he dating a minor surrounder she can't fight her she's too little and she'll lose but she'll get she'll get jacked up exactly so i mean if this is the smoke she wants Kind of give them what they want so they'd go away. But the guy would have a scarlet letter on him after knocking her out because I don't think it could any any other way. And someone keep their dignity. She could get locked, knocked out and still keep her dignity. These guys can't keep their dignity if they can't knock her out. Yeah. But yeah, that's just something I wanted to bring up there because, well, boxing is the ultimate circus at times. It could be the most beautiful thing as we had seen two weeks ago when Bud and Spence had gotten into the ring. Or it could be the circus that this is trying to be. Or there's a third option. It could be Dillian White still looking for a title shot and Joshua, Anthony Joshua without a belt. Those two no longer getting together because Dillian White failed his test for PEDs, drugs, or whatever it might have been. I mean, he, th- their fight is canceled. And me, I'm glad. I didn't want to see it anyway. Yeah, I was about to say good. I, I wasn't paying attention to that fight. Uh, but you mentioned Bud and something that happened after the Bud fight. Uh, Kayla Plant smacked uh, one of the Charlo brothers. I don't even remember which one it was now, but uh, he he uh, put up a video saying it wasn't he wasn't breaking up a fight between the brothers. He don't care. He says those those are two grown men. If they want to fight, let them fight. He's not breaking it up. And he said his wife didn't get smacked. Nobody touched his his wife. Nah. But he said um, Charlo had grabbed his beard and tugged down his beard, and he told him stop. Oh, see, don't you don't, don't do that. Don't, don't touch my face. And he says that Charlo, now this is his story. Charlo said, oh, you just a white boy. You a bitch. You ain't going to do nothing. Um, you know, he started all that white boy bitch shit. Yep. And um, he, and Caleb was saying, you know, my wife is here. Our boxing peers are here. He said, boy, I can't go home and look at myself in the mirror. He said, I told him, stop. And he did it again. He pulled on, on my beard harder the second time. So I did what I had to do. He said, I told him that. I didn't want him doing that. I told him to stop. He did it. So, hey, if that's how it went down, good for Caleb Plant. He should have closed his fist and punched him, though. But how does that happen one time, though? That's a grown man. That's the ultimate disrespect. And that's something well, that's been he happening. You got to give him credit. He was showing time. a lot of restraint. You got to give him credit. Oh, he was showing absolutely. restraint. Absolutely. He showed a lot of restraint. But this is a boxer. He fights for a living. And it's a man with a family. 
and you pulling on his beard like he's a little five-year-old with a beard. I mean, come on. You don't treat a man like that at all in any respect. And for him to respond yeah. the way that he did, of course you're going to do that. Any man worth a damn to do. And that just shows you the lack of respect either Charlo may have for him. And it also is a microcosm of how it's looked at in the fight game by fans. And we also <laughs> see it often fighters alike. They don't respect a lot of white fighters. A lot of non-black or Latino fighters don't get the respect they deserve regardless of how good they are. And the fans say it on pages. You can read it all the time. Even when they're trying to hide it, you know exactly what they're talking about. Once again, it's that tribal mindset I've been talking about. We've heard Bernard Hopkins say stupid crap in the past and get away with it. You haven't heard white fighters say nonsense like that and have to worry about getting away with it. They have to eat it. You know, Alan Mentor said that kind of thing before he fought Marvin Hagler, and he got his ass nailed to the cross for it. And that was like over 40 years, over 40 years ago. So now we're talking, even to this day, it's always some other fighter who's non-white talking about a white fighter and expecting them to eat it, disrespecting them, expecting them to eat it. You know, what was it? Uh, was it Peterson that, that fought, um, no, uh, Daryl that fought, um, that just fought Plant a couple of fights before? Talking pretty much the same nonsense. Oh, when he did the grave digger. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you get, you know, they get a chance to say all of this crap and they're beyond reproach. And then when you respond, you look that cockeyed because you responded to it. But yeah, well, I'll say it. White fighters have been eating this crap for years. And there's no reason for it. There should be no place for it because there's a ring for you to fight about it and decide your superiority or your supremacy if that's what you want to do. You call yourself a fighter. I just hate that it happens like that. But yeah, grown man getting his beard tugged on. Man, yeah, and he, he, still, he couldn't call him a punk. He could have still called him a bitch. He just didn't have to call him a, a white boy. Yeah, exactly. All, that's exactly. But that's the double the double standard and double-edged sword that we have in today's society. Where mm-hmm. there's one side can now say what the hell they wanted. You know, people who haven't suffered any damn thing for the most part. But then you, the other guy who had nothing to do with all the crap that may have happened in the past has to eat it, has to be humble, has to just sit there knowing he has a wife and kids that might see the same crap. That's P.S. And Charlo got what he deserved, and now they need to mm-hmm. get some contracts out and get a real fight in the <laughs> ring and see how this thing can be determined. Right. And I'll tell you, I will, I think Charlo would win if those two did fight at 168, but I'll be rooting for Caleb Plant. Yeah, I don't know. If, you know, one brother hasn't fought in two years. The other one's moving up two weight classes. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yep. But back to the Dillian White and Anthony Joshua fight. Canceled. Really no one wanted to see it. Good. What we would have seen probably is another uppercut knockout. As what happens with Dillian White. Anytime he fights anybody, the KO's always an uppercut. Whether left or right is the one you choose. And depending on what round you want to use it is when it will go down. So, no, I'm not too um, sad about this fight not happening. In fact, I really don't want to see any heavyweight fight uh, unless it's Usyk and Fury. I mean, who else is out there? Or oh, oh, Ruiz Wilder. and Wilder. Ruiz and Wilder, I could dig that. But it doesn't look like, you know, they're doing a lot of talking, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime <laughs> soon either. Yeah, the, like, I, like I'm on record saying, that's that's a bad matchup for Ruiz. But I think why, it not, is. why not Wilder and Usyk? Wilder and Usyk? Yeah. Man, you know what? You know, I skills mean, since going to play in Ghana, he's not available. You know, I say skills skills pay the bills most of the time. But when you have kind of like game-changing power, that can kind of change everything. And Anthony Joshua obviously is more skilled than Deontay Wilder. He was able to tag Usyk, and he was still there. 
He used his guile. He used his experience from amateur days and pro days. He's just a different level fighter. But someone like Deontay Wilder, who isn't very skilled, who could have been very skilled if he concentrated on skill more than power with all his measurables, long arms, athleticism, all of that kind of stuff, you know, he'd be better off. But we haven't seen that from him. So there's no reason to think that that's going to be something new. If Mark Breland couldn't bring it out of him, why would anybody else be able to bring it out of him when the heat is on inside of a ring? You go back to what you are, in his case, a puncher. And with Ruiz fighting, I think Ruiz, because of the, the quick hands and the fundamentals that Ruiz has, don't look at his body. Look at his hands. Look at the skills that this guy has. He's highly skilled. But until he gets hit, and he does get hit, and he does go down, and he gets back up. But Wilder, a lot of times, don't allow you to get back up unless you're somebody like Fury. Yeah, so, it, it would be like Hearns and Duran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, two-round fight. Tap, 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 bam, right hand. That's it. The only difference is there won't be a jab to set it up. It'll just be a right hand just landing. And um, <laughs> Ruiz may just go down, man, Chris Ariola. I mean, he's as shot as JFK. <laughs> he's, and this guy was able to put him down. So anyway, yeah, that puts a lid on our boxing talk for now. But there's going to be much more boxing talk, I'm sure, coming up. And later weeks, obviously, Charlo and Canelo getting together next month. And I'm sure there'll be other fights that's going to come up before the year ends. Let's hope one of those fights isn't Bud and Spence for a second time in December. Let that fight happen sometime next year if it's going to happen at all. So college football is here. We talked about the NFL being around right now and teams going into the first full week of play. College football is just about around the corner as well. We're talking about camps that are now opened up. Zero week play is about to begin, but before any of that, all of the change in college football is going on right now. There's no longer a Pac-12; it's pretty much the Pac-4. We're talking Washington and Oregon has decided to go to the Big Ten, and the irony is, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, we just talked about it last week. Coach Lanning from uh, from Oregon was talking about Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes leaving and going back to the Big Twelve. They're moving themselves. And they're going to the Big Ten. So, I mean, man, coaches don't have a say in the matter here. Yeah, as we've talked about it pretty much extensively, the landscape of college football is changing. Um, who knows what other uh, teams, the Pac or the Big Ten, Big Eighteen, Big Twenty, <laughs> which other schools they're going to consume? Um, but who says they're done? You know. No, like I said, they 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 might be creating the college football league, and then yeah, the SEC is going to have to counter. These are you know, well, you know what the SEC is making all the money, even more than the Big Ten, the Big Ten, and even if the Big Ten has more teams, I think the SEC, just <clears> because <throat> of the religion of football in the South, and you're bringing in Oklahoma and Texas next season, that's bringing in even more money. Texas is, has the most money out of all of those regular schools. We're not talking about the Ivy League and Harvard, the big endowment or all that. Oh, my God. Anyway, when we're talking about um, <laughs> just a lot of money there. But the Pac-12 may not exist anymore because now Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, they're now going to the Big the Big 12 as well. I mean, this is, a, this is a freaking mess, the way everything is going down. I mean, they're heading to the Big 12. The Big 12 won't be the Big 12 anymore because they've already invited teams that they've you know, they thought they were going to solidify having 12 teams with, but now they're bringing more teams. And then we also talked about last week how Cal and Stanford also may be going to the Big Ten. <sighs> there won't be any Big 12. And I think that um, Rick Pitino made a comment just the other day 
saying that why don't they separate college football from all the other sports? Because of travel, as we talked about last season or last mm-hmm. week. And the reason for that, obviously, football teams play much few, you know, play fewer games than the basketball teams. It's the basketball teams that will have to go from coast to coast so often throughout the entire week to get to where they're playing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You know, if if Florida State goes to the Big Ten, they Woo. they they'll do a home and home with Washington. Yeah, exactly. And you go from uh, opposite corners of the of the country. The only way I could see them trying to justify that is if they're playing in like back to back games, so Florida State could stay in Washington, or well, I mean, well, it wouldn't even be staying in Washington. You know, just throw that whole fear out the way. I think they could play two games in Washington. Oregon. <laughs> It'd be like a road trip in baseball. Yeah, it is. for a week. You know, Washington, you, Oregon, USC, UCLA, then back home. Yeah, you know, that that would be the best way to do it. But it's still a, a big strain, class wise, because these are quote unquote student athletes. So going to classes and still having your regular practice, having your own bed to sleep in, having your own facilities to practice in, so you are sharper than you would have been on the road. All of those things matter. And then but they can the do Zoom thing. meetings and stuff now. So. You know, join join class through Zoom. Yeah, right. You join class through Zoom. They're not even showing up when they're supposed to be on. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Come on, there are some quintessential students. Some athletes. students are not showing up. Yeah, some students aren't showing up. You know, I mean, even Harvard probably has that problem. <laughs> we don't know. But this is what's going on with college football now. Will they become a super conference to where pretty much everybody's going to the Big Ten and pretty much everybody's going to the SEC? Well, the ACC may decide to merge with the Pac-12 or whatever's left of the Pac-12 from some... Like, what What if they get so big and they just decide, you know what, we'll make our own bowl. We'll have our own championship. That's what I'm hoping. I hope they succeed from the NCAA <laughs> so they'll get everything they deserve for all of these decades that they've screwed these players and had their way and everything's been their way or the highway. And they kind of, that's the reason why I probably, I think that's probably why they didn't let players get paid all this time until NIL came along. Because in my opinion, that's the most equitable way to get it done instead of paying kickers and quarterbacks and all that, trying to figure out a pay scale. And um, I think that all of these teams, you know, look at Brian Bosworth when he was talking about the NCAA back in the day, you know, he didn't like them either. And these teams can make their own super conference. And whenever that NCAA contract, if there is one, expires, they could make that move. They have the money to do it. Maybe the NCAA can govern New Mexico State and New Mexico, or UNLV, <laughs> those types of schools. But those SMU. major those major teams need to be on their own. Yeah, I mean, who who's to stop them? If they get no so big, but you know what, guys, we, we got our own league. We're gonna have our own championship. Yep, and, and, and the, the and the, the the networks are coming to the teams because that's who you negotiate with. You know, you go to the SEC commissioner, you go to the Big Ten commissioner, you go to these commissioners, those presidents get together, they see how the pie is going to be cut. They make their decisions on the biggest pieces of, of the pie. And that's all you really need. So, now, I mean, keep in mind, the Big Ten prevented a, a bunch of championship games in the past, or Big Ten and Pac-12, by, by locking their top teams into the Rose Bowl. Yeah. When they weren't available to play the number two or the number one team, or one of their teams was number two, or vice versa, you know. So what they did it for so many years, so why not do it again? But they'll have more control of it. Well, 
Yeah, I think if they had their own conference, I mean, their own super conference, they'll have exactly what they want. These players will be exactly what they are, which is a minor league for the pros, because a lot of times that's what it is. You know what I mean? These are the minor leagues for the professional players. Every now and then, you get a great player that comes out of a smaller school, you know, like a Brian Urlacher coming out of New Mexico. You get that. Every now and then, you get a star player like a Michael Strahan coming out of a Texas Southern, but that's the SWAT in Division One AA football. But either way, those large programs or those large conferences are getting bigger and bigger, and, and it's setting up to where that may be a possibility. I don't know the what's going on, how deep it goes, and how much they have to take care of paperwork and otherwise and legalities and to get this done to just become their own conference or just a major conference um, and just have your, your side, your divisions. I don't know what it's going to take to get there, but I see that they're making it more and more possible, especially as these – more and more lucrative contracts coming from these networks become a thing. Yeah. Um, not, I don't have much more to say. It's, it's just crazy times we're living in for college football. Yeah. And, hey, the season's right around the corner. I'm more than happy to get a chance to see this season. I, I'm going to be a little bit more interested in this season here because some of these teams are going to become better than they probably should have just because of the transfer portal. You know, Notre Dame losing a quarterback. Now they're gaining a quarterback in Sam Hartman, which is one of the top quarterbacks in all of college football last year, playing at Wake Forest. How about Notre Dame now having a legitimate quarterback as long as he can decipher their playbook and understand what's going on? They shouldn't have any problems offensively. Defensively, maybe a different story, but they usually come with a pretty solid defense as long as they stay off the field. I mean, they don't stay on the field too long. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably run the table until they get to the playoff and they get bounced. They <laughs> get the shellac and they deserve. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clemson's is another one of those great teams that no one's really talking about because everybody's too busy fawning over Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. Now LSU's kind of creeping in there, which, which I don't believe they deserve to be, but that's where they are right now. And we'll get more opportunities to talk about that as the season begins and as it goes on. Because, as I've already mentioned, the NFL season, preseason, has already begun. The Jets played the Cleveland Browns at the Hall of Fame game. You know, we had all new Hall of Fame inductees during the ceremony at Canton. I think it was Sunday or Saturday, whenever they had you. Hey, don't kill the messenger. I was the one watching sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, look at some of the teams that are that are interesting, at least. And Green Bay, obviously, Aaron Rodgers goes over to the New York Jets. and. Jordan Love has moved up to the starting position now in Green Bay. And going by observers, they're not too happy about what's going on during the preseason. This this is not even a preseason game. We're talking training camp. And he's getting bad reviews in training camp. Is there something to that? (laughs) Would you look too far into that or the same way you look into a regular preseason game? I haven't seen it. Um... I would say pump the brakes. You know, let let them play a couple, a few series in a preseason game. You know, let them play uh, the first game of the year. And, and you know, this is the first time he's been the the starter. You know, he's QB one yeah. for the first time as a Green Bay Packer. You're gonna go off of a few practices and say, oh, he doesn't have it. And that may be that may be true, but. You you can't make you can't not come to that conclusion without him playing an actual football game. Exactly. With this team that he has right now, knowing he's the guy, knowing you have to have a certain mentality for that. They keep bringing up the stats that he's had over the past two seasons behind Aaron Rodgers. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. Bro, come on. He had one touchdown, two picks in his first year. Last year, he threw one touchdown. 
I mean, for for what it's worth, I mean, really, there's really nothing there. I mean, he's he's still got some yards in between time, and so and his completion percentage, if you would just want to take something to analyze, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, he was over sixty percent, you know, in, in last year. And if you just look at the players who've played with Green Bay in the past, you look at Brett Favre when he first came in, and you know he went to the Atlanta Falcons first. He was traded to Green Bay for people who don't remember or, or even know. I remember that draft in 1991 when the Jets obviously were looking at him, and right before the Jets were the Atlanta Falcons, the Jets wanted Brent Favre. He goes in front of them, and they take Brown and Nagel. Uh, never mind. But <laughs> it, it is, and it took Brent Favre some time before he got himself his feet wet and became Brett Favre that we know of today. Aaron Rodgers had more of a benefit than anyone else. You know, and Brett Favre, yeah. by the way, didn't start doing things until his fourth year. And Aaron Rodgers didn't play into his fourth year in terms of starting a game. And so Aaron Rodgers, as we see him as a Hall of Famer now, we looked at Brett Favre back there with Green Bay. Before him, there was Don Makowski, the magic man, if you remember that guy. And he was considered something good when the Green Bay Packers Green weren't winning. Game. Huh? I remember Mikowski, the replay game. Bears got yeah. cheated. <laughs> you, but, um, you mentioned Favre. It took him a while, you know, to to get his his career going. You know, he struggled early, but a lot of quarterbacks struggle first couple of seasons in their exactly. careers. Um, the funny thing about Favre is, I remember, um, you know, he threw a lot of interceptions. They said. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he was scrambling, he tried to force the ball in when he shouldn't, and he just made poor decisions. And I don't know, I can't remember if it was a preseason game or, or the first game of the year. Uh, he kind of scrambled, and then he threw the ball away, and the crowd applauded like they went crazy. Yeah, like he knows <laughs> what he's doing now. He knows to throw it away, not to try and force it in there. And that's so hilarious for, for you know, for the crowd to cheer for a ball getting thrown. Thrown out of bounds, but you know he showed it shows some maturity on his part. Yeah, but what what is the likelihood that the Packers get three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row? Wow, you know what? I don't I don't think that Jordan uh, Love is going to turn out to be a Hall of Famer. But what the heck do we know yet? But those (laughs) other quarterbacks we talked about, Aaron Rodgers and um, Brett Favre, they came into the league with such upside. You know, and, and it all depends on which team you're going to, because if the team that drafted you that early believe you had upside, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? So you're either going to have to play well or fizzle with them. If you end up going to another team, well, you know what? They're taking you for whatever they can get you for if you got there that way, draft picks or even through free agency. But Brett Favre, we know about his penchant for throwing interceptions. I mean, he led the NFL in interceptions three times in his career. I mean, I think, what is it, fourth year or whatever, he had 24 interceptions. You know, so he, he, yeah, he was a gunslinger. He, he, a gunslinger, yeah. You know, as a gunslinger now, back then, they were just, like you said, they're just happy he didn't throw an interception, just throw it away. If you're <laughs> slinging it through the audience they'll, and, and they're happy about it, that's a good and bad thing. At least you didn't throw a pick, but you're still doing nothing with the ball to advance the team. It took him some time to become the Brett Favre we know of him to be today. And then, like Aaron Rodgers, same thing. You know, he, he's actually was better coming in because he did have a chance to sit down behind Brett Favre. And now we have Jordan Love. I didn't think it was a good pick, but who the hell am I? I'm not a scout. But who's to say that scouts are right all the time? It's not an exact science. We've seen bad players a lot of times, and those same scouts have picked them. So, yeah, maybe I should be a scout. But, yeah, Jordan Love is getting all the hate right now. And I think Adam Shine, I think he's from, I forgot which network he's from, the NFL Network. But I do remember him up on radio in New York. But he's loathing and loving 
Jordan Love at the same time. I don't know if he's just trying to make a play on words or is he actually that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get a chance to see that. And um, uh, that will be the end for the NFL right now, as this is the full slate of games starting up this week. So whoever your favorite teams are, you'll get a chance to see your UPS workers, your insurance salesmen, and maybe even your starters that might start the season with you. So you'll get a chance to see that uh, eventually. And finally, with Megan Rapino, uh, Rapano, the soccer player, you know, the national women's team that lost to Sweden, you know, five to four. We don't typically talk about soccer, but the way this ended with penalty kicks, uh, there weren't any uh, points, there weren't any goals. Because I know how people get a little sensitive about saying points in, in, in soccer, and just like they get sensitive about saying points in baseball when they run. But five to four, the U.S. goes down, they're kicked out, they cannot repeat, they're out of the World Cup. And she smiles about it, and she kind of laughs about it when it happens. She misses a, a penalty kick. It just completely goes into the audience, and the U.S. loses because of it. That's not even the real story. I think the story is the amount of people who are rooting against the female team, the U.S. women's team, because of her. And that's <laughs> more intriguing to me because I was one of them. Come on now. I mean, this is someone who's gone on to not like America or pretty much say she's disappointed in America, taking the knee, protesting all the time, which she has a right to do, just like I have the right to criticize if she does it or does not do it. All of those things came to a head. And almost every comment I've seen, now not all of them, but almost every comment I'm seeing, not just people who agree with me, but just neutral sites, something like the New York Post or something like the some other just supposedly neutral publication, the comments are all against her. I didn't see it. I didn't pay attention. Honestly, I'm I'm not even sure I was aware that it was going on. Um but you said she laughed when she missed. Yeah she smiled you know, she, she laughed when she whatever you know sometimes when you when you're at a disbelief you can't believe you you missed something you missed a shot or or whatever sometimes all you can do is laugh like, wow, how did I miss that? You know? So I'm I'm not going to throw no shade at her. I don't know what happened. I really don't care. Oh, you know, I think that's all I got to say on it. I I guess not even from the standpoint (laughs) of even caring the fact that she's the one who had done it. It couldn't end it better for people who just aren't on her side, like myself and so many others. And I'll be one of the people that will say exactly that I'm not on her side. I've seen what she's done for years speaking against the country and doing things that she has done when she can easily leave the country like so many others who think the same way. And they choose not to. They stay here and they still want to complain about the same people who they (laughs) believe are are oppressing them or people who won't allow them to do what they want to do. You know, you can do what you want. This is probably the freest country in the world. But for the things you can't do, well, find somewhere else to do. And I'll leave it on that. Are you preempting me with your own hit list? You gotta oh, get back. <laughs> no, I was about to throw it to your hit list because as you we already talked about a little earlier, bias has some things to say, and it normally comes at the end of the show, but we don't get a chance to talk you about usually it. Usually bring it out of me, that's why. So now we're just gonna make it a, a, a segment. Just make it a segment. And we're gonna say bias has issues. He has a hit list. Hit him up, virus. So first on my hit list today is Jeff Teague. He doubled down on saying James Harden is better than Dwayne Wade. Now, that's fine if that's his opinion. But he said, quote, championships don't matter to him. What are we doing here? What, what are you playing basketball for if, you're not, if it's not to win a championship? 
is it to just win money, win money, to earn money, get yourself out of the ghetto? That's all fine and dandy, but you play sports to win the game. I believe I heard that before. You, you know who said that, Chad. Um, so, no, he's not better than Dwayne Wade. You want to say Dwayne Wade had Shaq? No, Shaq had Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was the MVP of that series, not Shaq. Shaq was on the, on the back nine. Come on, man. He, he even gave uh, Dwayne Wade a nickname, called him Flash. Shaq knew he was riding along with, on his coattails. So miss me with that garbage, man. James Harden has choked too many times. Yes, choked too many times in the playoffs. Had 3-2 lead on, on the Warriors. One season, they said, oh, if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Well, the next season, KD got hurt. And the Dubs still worked it with no Vaseline. So get out of here with that trash. James Harden is not better than Dwayne Wade. Second on my list. Yes, he decked Tim Anderson. But Jose Ramirez is a sissy-ass bitch. He started that because he got tagged too hard. You got tagged too hard? Are you serious? That's why you started that? He tagged you too hard? Come on, man. You slid through his legs. You went in hard. You tried to put the tag down quick, and he got you on, on the back, on your butt. Did it hurt? You have a bruise? Come on, man. How soft are you? Yeah, you won the fight, but that's weak as hell, man. Weak as hell. You started a fight because you got tagged too hard. Get out of here. And to all Cleveland Guardians fans, there you go. <laughs> Well, there you go. Somebody got shut up tonight. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to have this as a segment every show from now on. So, hey, make sure you check out the end of the show because we will have Vice's hits to go along with all of the things we talk about in the sports world, even if it comes down to just doing one sport, which we do on occasions, especially on Wednesdays, one time last week or two times last week. We did Bud and we did Spence two days in a row. Other days, we've picked other sports athletes to do the same <clears> with. So, for bias, myself, Trav, we hope we get to catch you on our next episode. This is episode number 38. Make sure you join us tomorrow because that'll be number 39. Peace. Peace.